Let me put you on game Don't listen to people who lose or you'll do the same Stop talking to people who don't give a f what you say Stop spending your money on weed, go hop on a plane, stop pointing the fingers. Guys, welcome back to another episode of the Pursuit of Wealth Podcast. Today we have an amazing guest with us. This is Scotty Hobbs. He, a lot of you locals might know him. Um, he's got, he's done some amazing things over the last, have you guys always lived here in Idaho Falls? I'm from Idaho Falls, yes. Okay. So born and raised here. Yep. That's I awesome. did have a job in Salt Lake. That's where I met my wife, but I brought her back here. Okay. That's so, so cool. For those of you that do not know Scotty, who would you, who is Scotty Hobbs? So I was born and raised here in Idaho Falls okay. and, um, I met my wife, uh, in, at the Warp Tour in Salt Lake City. Okay. And what is the Warp Tour? So it's like a rock slash punk rock emo, just all kinds of hard rock. Green Day you'd see there, Blink-182, bands okay. like that. Yeah. So it's just a big festival. Okay. Uh, I was at the Salt Lake Fairgrounds and we met in passing there. I played in a band. She was a promoter. Oh, really? Took a picture. So we have a picture from the moment we met. Wow. And you guys had no, no prior knowledge of each other. No. Yep. We just, that's insane. Met there. got a picture and I got her number and then I pursued her from there. Wow. What a, hey, what a, yeah. what a good sales guy. You just <laughs> one contact. I followed up I had <laughs> a couple months of following up before we could go out. So that's awesome. Yeah. And, and so you guys have been, how long have you guys been together for? So we have been married for 17 years. Okay. Been together for about 18 and uh, we had a kid right off the bat. So our oldest daughter will be 17 wow. uh, this Christmas. Okay. And then we had four kids after that. So we have three daughters and two sons. Wow. So. That's awesome. What, how old were you when you had your first daughter? So I was 24. 24. Is yeah. it scary? I, the weird thing about it is I thought I was the only person in the world having a kid. Yeah. Like, it's like I was oblivious that, <laughs> that other people had kids. It was like... I'm, I'm having a daughter and I felt like I was the only one. Yeah. So it was really cool. I wasn't really scared. I always uh, loved kids and, yeah. and I was excited about that. Were you uh, ready? Like, where were you at in your career at that point? Were you like financially ready to have kids? I think that's. Uh, absolutely not, <laughs> that's... man. I think that's probably most people. Yeah. So I was a dental lab technician. So short backstory, I wanted to be a orthodontist. I dropped out of uh, BYU-Idaho, Rick's okay. college at the time. Uh, too much snowboarding, uh, going out with the ladies and skateboarding. I just didn't go to class and yeah. bailed out. So I was like, ah, what's something in that field? And I found dental lab, which is creating crown and bridge. Okay. Uh, like porcelain work for fake teeth. Okay. So I went to a, just a, a technical school for 10 months, graduated like top of my class, got a job and I didn't have health insurance with it. And I made 11 bucks an hour in Salt Lake city. Wow. And I, I lived with my roommate and. Uh, Gabby and I got married during that time. And so we had to help luckily of wick and, you know, some government help with the, with the birth helped out. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's just kind of where I started. That's where my career started. And what, yeah. what got you in What, why did you choose that field? Uh, you know, it's, I don't want to say embarrassing, but yeah. I originally thought pre-orthodontics because I had orthodontic work that really fixed my teeth. So oh, okay. I was like, I, I could help people like that. Yeah. But I didn't really have any real passion for teeth. And, you know, when I got into the classes, all those classes, I was like, I hated it. Yeah. And so, you know, after that, and this is another thing, I think a great lesson is my cousin made $100,000 a year in Idaho Falls as a dental lab technician. Got it. So I'm like, I could have a great career without doing the, all of that school, just with a technical school. Yeah. And so that's why I went that path. Got it. Um, not a noble cause. It was more <laughs> to pursue some money. Yeah. But I didn't love it. Yeah. It's, it's what I find a majority of people do. Like anytime you ask somebody why they went into a career, 
90% of the time, it's because they saw somebody else that was successful in it and they just wanted to try to also like, that's a path, you know, it's like, we we're a product of our environment. If we, if we know that like doctors we're surrounded by doctors and doctors make good money, it's like, we're going to naturally pursue becoming a doctor. You know, I think it's the same thing if you're surrounded by like entrepreneurs in your family and you see entrepreneurs making a lot of money, you're going to naturally kind of pursue, try to be an entrepreneur. Absolutely. So I was just looking like, where was that connection for you? Like what strike that interest? And you were also, you said you were in a band. So were you also kind of playing in the band in in Utah? Uh, I did play in a band in Utah as well. Yep. And then, you know, that dental lab career, I, you know, I asked for a raise after two years of work. It was just me and the owner. Yeah. She basically said I wasn't worth it yet. And uh, so I did, I left and came back to Idaho Falls. That's when we got here. Okay. And so I'm like, okay, I'm really talented. I was great in my class, like one of the top first one to get a job. Mm-hmm. I worked alone with this, you know, with this owner of this dental lab. So I, I, I know how to do this. Yeah. I applied for jobs here. I got offered $9 an hour <laughs> with a three month old yeah. daughter. And so, you know, I just, I just couldn't make that work. So I went to my old church leader. Okay. who I worked for in high school through college, which uh, was in a steel factory here in Idaho okay. Falls. So he started me there sweeping uh, for $9 and 50 cents an hour. Wow. Beat, he, beat the other offer by 50 cents. Yeah. <laughs> and he knew, he knew I was, a, I was a hard worker, but he promised yeah. that I could work all the overtime hours. Oh. I was willing to work. He okay. said the work was there. Yeah. I'd worked for him for years throughout high school and college. So he's like, you're a hard worker. So you, you can work all that overtime you need to. That's awesome. Provide. So, so how was and that? I started um, in a band with my, like I left that band here and I started back up with some friends here. Oh, cool. Yeah. So you got that. So you started at, you started with the steel factory. How long were you there for? So I was there um, at this time, cause I, not counting before in high school and yeah. college, five years. Okay. And I started as a sweeper. I think one thing to note is that, that I've seen people that are successful versus not because I, I was the person that would finish sweeping the floors and I'd be like, have like six hours left in the day. So I'd go to my, the manager and be like, what else can I do? And, you know, I would be curious. There were people that used a laser and a, this water jet with sand that cut metal. And I was just fascinated by everything that happened there are yeah. curious. You, you could say, so I'd ask him like, how does this work? How do you, how do you put that program in? I'd help them put the sheets of metal down. And so I learned that. And then what happened is one of the operators of those got hurt. And so I got to fill that position, but it was because I was prepared for, like, I learned how to do it without being paid to do it. Yeah. You, uh, you know, opportunities are going to present themselves and you got to make sure that you're prepared to take that opportunity. Yeah. Cause I look at like a lot of people that work as employees for companies, um, they're, they're going to do what they have to do and that's it. So so you could have got done sweeping the floor, you know, and had six hours left in the day and be like, well, I'm done with my job. So I'm just going to kind of kick back and not do anything. Yeah. It's like, or you could say, I'm going to, I'm, I'm here anyway. Maybe like, let me learn or increase my skill set to make sure that I'm ready for future opportunities. Absolutely. The company. And so I love that you mentioned that. Cause it's like, yeah. if you're in a, if you're in a job that you don't necessarily love right now, still be the best at that job. And you don't know what opportunities could come from it. It's like, yep. if you're at McDonald's, be the best worker at McDonald's and who knows where that could lead to. But I can tell you where. If you just do the bare minimum, it's not going to lead anywhere, you know, and you're not going to be ready for the opportunities. Yep, absolutely. So you're there for, so you, you maybe transitioned in this new role, take this opportunity. Uh, was that in, like a pay increase for you or? Yeah, I got, I got a little pay increase with okay. that. You know, they did like, they treated me really well when I was there. Good. And so I was able to move up, but I, I, I just continue to be curious. Like I, 
once I ran that machine, I was like, okay, how do you program the machine? And then he would let me try it. And then I moved into that, that role and then up through there. So wow, just a, a course of five years. I knew that I was in, in that, that position or that company. I knew I could, you know, get to whatever position I wanted to, because I was willing to put in the work. I worked overtime hours for five years straight. Wow. Uh, but one thing about me is I had, uh, and we've never talked about this, you and I, but I had, I've always had big goals and dreams. I wanted to be a professional baseball player at one time, then really? professional musician. So I always wanted to do something big yeah. uh, with my life. And, you know, we, when you get married, you're, you're pretty newlywed. You got a little kid. Yeah. Like I wanted to provide a great family, have a great home, uh, provide for them so they could do what they want to do. Have my wife be at home to raise the kid. Uh, but that wasn't the case. Like yeah. I, even though I was working all the overtime hours with the house that we had, my wife still had to work nights, you know, at the, at the Hilton garden Inn, and that was just a real struggle. And I, ha I had these big dreams. I wrote it out on paper and I think this is important, yeah. like on my little memo pad that I take orders, you know, when I worked in the service department there, Yeah. it said, have $1 million in the bank, retire at the age of 50, have my house paid off. Like I wrote down those three goals. Yeah. And so once I had those goals down, my mind's constantly thinking of how to make that happen. Yeah. And I did the math. Like I, I kind of looked at like what the top paid welders were, what the general foreman, like, you know, they don't tell you in those jobs, but yeah, I would investigate and ask questions. And I realized that no matter how many overtime hours or what position I got to inside of that company, I could never achieve that yeah. desire, that goal that was put in my heart. We'll yeah. call it by God that I wrote down that, that day. Yeah. And so I started doing all these, um, part, part-time things on my lunch break. I made, I started making custom signs cause it was a steel company. I'd make like your last name and then like elk and like trees or whatever. Yeah. And, and I would put them on Craigslist and I made a Facebook like page without knowing how to use social media. Really? Yeah. Just started selling signs, not very, uh, fruitful financially. Cause yeah. I'd spend like 30 hours designing it, and <laughs> sell it for like 120 bucks yeah. and buy the metal and all that stuff. So I was doing stuff like that. I would buy things on Craigslist, like Xboxes. Mm. I would fix them up, take the games I wanted, resell, you know, for $40 profit or whatever. Yeah. And I just started a little savings account for my signs and my Craigslist things. I just started doing all these little businesses. So, you, you know, writing, what I love is two things, is a lot of people don't ever write the goal down. Yeah. And so if they don't write the goal down, they never start thinking, how am I actually going to get to that goal? And by writing that goal down, you thought, am I in the right opportunity vehicle to achieve this goal? Yeah. And after doing research, you're like, it's actually like mathematically not possible, you know, for me to hit these goals that I want to hit in this field. And so then you start thinking like, okay, how can I add additional income? What additional things can I start doing um, like as side hobbies to add additional income for me to hit these goals? Yep. So it's like, you've got to write them down to be able to really like reverse engineer how you're going to get there. And then the opposite is some people just write them down and think they're just going to happen. And like, that's not the case either. So it's like, yeah. you got to have twofold. You can't just write the goals down because they're not going to happen. You got to write the goals down and then reverse engineer a plan on how you're going to get there and look at your current situation and see, am I in the right job that, that's going to allow me to get there? Or do I need to look for outside income or additional side hustles to help me get to where I want to be? Yep. I, I love that you share that because that's huge. Did, uh, what did you decide? Like, was there a point where you decided like the side hustles aren't going to, you know, get me there? Or, like, this isn't the field that I want to be in or what was life like for you at that time working 12 hours a day 
and your wife working at night? You know, it's, it's kind of a blur, like thinking about that time yeah. because it's like I had started working out, you know, at this period uh, in the morning with a program called P90X. So I'd okay. get up and do P90X like 345. I'd do P90X, wow. be to work at five. I would work and sleep on my lunch break. I want everybody hear that real quick. 345, yeah. you'd get up, do P90X, and then be to work at five. Yep. That's incredible. Like yeah. that, that alone shows how, how, how hard you're willing to work, but yeah. continues. So, so I do that and then I, you know, work till five, be one of the last ones there. Um, like my, my wife would drop the kids off. She'd work at the Hilton garden Inn at three. So she'd drop them off at the neighbor's house. So I would go get them at the neighbor's when I got home and then she'd get home at 1130. I'd be falling asleep by that time, if not a little earlier. And, uh, so it's kind of a blur thinking about those times. Like, so when you ask the question, like, were you thinking of other opportunities? Like I'm already doing that 12 hours taking care of, you know, at the time, two little girls, like ages two and four. Yeah. Uh, you know, I would just like do my, make the signs, do the Craigslist stuff. And then I'd play a little call of duty, fall asleep. Yeah. You know, so I was kind of in that place. Um, but I, as I did start that P90X workout, like I fell in love with, like, I got great results. Like I'm something, someone, when I decide to do something, I go all in. So yeah. Uh, at that time I was writing manuals at, at the still factory. So like I made, I made the manual with my meal plan, with my calendar, everything really? went hundred percent in, uh, never missed a workout, like stopped drinking the energy drinks, eating the Gardettos, everything I was eating, you know, yeah. at, at work and whatnot, followed the meal plan and I lost 38 pounds. Wow. Had abs for the first time. I'm about 28 years old at that time. Okay. And I'm just like, my confidence level just like grew. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I lacked a little, I, I had confidence, but I think I did lack some because, you know, dropping out of college, I kind of felt like I was, um, it was punishment. Yeah. Like, you know, I made some poor choices in college, not, not just dropping out, but other poor choices along that line. And I'm like, I'm just, this is just my punishment. I'm going to like work 12 hour days for the rest of my life because I made poor choices that, you know, they were against what my parents taught me. And so doing that program, like empowered me. It's like, man, you can you can do something like if you commit to something, you can do it. And it was just 90 days and that changed my, my whole view. Yeah. So I fell in love with people would message me. I put my pictures on Facebook. There were people that are like, Oh, you must be blue in the face from talking about your fitness program and all that. Like yeah. there were the haters, but there was also people like, I want to lose 50 pounds. Like yeah. what do I do? And, and so I just fell in love with just saying like, dude, get P90X or buy insanity. And like, I, I created a Facebook group and I was like, come into the group and we'll all just cheer each other on and Love work that. out. So I did that for about a year. I did find out there was an opportunity to partner with the company mm. and, but I was against it hundred percent. I even wrote on Facebook cause I had some people sending me scripted. I know they're scripted cause some of them are identical. Yeah. Just saying like, Hey, you have great results, uh, with, with P90X. Do you want to, you know, sign up and be a coach or do you want to listen to this webinar? And I was just like, mm. Whatever that is, I'm not going to do it. That's, yeah. I was just this kind of dis- disgusted by it, to be yeah. honest. And I wrote on Facebook, I was like, if any of these, it's because I played Call of Duty a lot of time, I don't talk like this anymore, but I was like, if any of these coaches could convince me to be a coach, I would absolutely destroy it. Uh-huh. Like, I don't really talk like that, but it's like my <laughs> Call of Duty lingo. Yeah. Um, but I but I said that because I knew that if I commit to something, You're gonna I'm going to follow it. through and make it happen. Yeah. But it wasn't, at that time, it wasn't going to be that because I wasn't going to be that spammy icky salesperson that just sent people random messages yeah so i knew that opportunity was there that's a long answer to your question yeah like, so so i was thinking about that 
And I remember getting on YouTube and just searching because I'm curious, yeah. like, how do you get paid? How does it work? And I found this woman, share her transformational P90X. She lost, you know, about like me, she lost like 30 pounds. And she just told this story mm-hmm. about she how she had her own business as a, like, they were called the bartending bombshells. Okay. In Florida. And she shared that she had her daughter prematurely. And she shared that she incurred a few hundred thousand dollars worth of debt. Wow. And she's like, I didn't even know this existed, but I called the company and they enrolled me, um, you know, to help people with these programs. And I've been helping people and I was able to walk away from the bartending and be with my daughter in this important time of her life as a, you know, a, a preemie that's coming out of that. Yeah. And I'm present with her and I'm slowly, you know, earning money and slowly paying off, uh, working on paying off the hospital bills. Wow. And that was me sitting in my cubicle, like my mortgage is more than I should have got as yeah. a newlywed. And that's why I work five, five years of overtime and my wife's working. And I was like, maybe this is an option for me. So I emailed her and she called me and the thing about, I think was powerful about her is she asked about me, like yeah. she just tried to recruit me. She's like, are you, um, are you doing what you always wanted to do with your life? Is this the career you wanted to do? So, so basically asked me hard questions. I'm like, no, this is not, it's not where I expected to be in my life. Yeah. And you know, she just told me, she's like, you have great results. You're doing what I'm doing. You're just not getting paid for it. Like you should do it. Yeah. And there's no pressure. And I told her, no, I was like, that's cool. I'll just send people to you. Cause I just been telling people to get it. Like I'll send referrals and I'll keep helping people. But I told her no for eight months. Wow. But I continued helping people. Yeah. So I knew the opportunity was there, but I was like, not for me. Uh, and, and I think there's a lot of things I, I didn't think I had enough time. Yeah. I well, didn't you're, think you're I working could, 12 hours a day. It's yeah. like when, when you, and then going home and taking care of that, your daughters yeah. and your wife's at work. It's like, that's a, saying you didn't, you didn't think you have enough time is a, is probably a valid thought. Yeah. Cause like you were really limited on time. Um, but what, what finally happened that made you decide to pursue it? Yeah. So we had our third daughter. Okay. And it was about three weeks after, um, I have this habit of just cause life's so busy. I would only pick up my mail once, once a week yeah. from the lockbox, and I would take it to work. I'd get there a little early, like 10 minutes early, had my spreadsheet, you know, I'd throw the junk mail in the, in the garbage, do my bills, then start working at five. Mm-hmm. Just cause when I got home, I had my little kids, you know? Yeah. And so I'm going through the bills and it's the hospital bill doctor bill, anesthesiologist bill. There was like an ear doctor bill, my blue cross statement saying everything that I owed. And I just remember sitting in my cubicle and I just felt like this weight on my shoulders, just like so heavy. I felt like that cubicle was just spinning. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you ever felt like that before yeah. or any of you guys might be watching. I just felt like, like I had no control. Like, what am I, what am I supposed to be? What, what do I do? Yeah. Like I'm already maxed out. I felt like, so it was like, do I need to go back to college? Cause I dropped out. Do I need to, work two full-time jobs, like get off at five and then go work five to midnight somewhere else. And it just, it just like the feeling just came to me like, dude, just like help people with these programs. It's, it's something that you can do without taking more time from your family and going into more debt. Yeah. Like you're already doing it. Like your lunch break, you know, instead of playing call of duty at night or playing softball in the, in the local league, you can, build this business in those, those few hours that are there versus something that's not productive or paying to go to school or getting a second job and and taking more time from the family. So that's the day that I, that I started that, that adventure. And that was in April of 2011. And 
one thing I think is important is I remember it's probably one of the most impactful things to me is I, I worked with my mentor in that. She's like, what do you want to accomplish with this? And I was like, well, I, I want to make $10,000. And she asked me, why is $10,000 important? What, why is that? And I was like, well, my wife makes like 13,000. We pay a couple thousand to the babysitter. If I could make 10,000, then she wouldn't have to work nights. I get home at 530. That would mean a lot to me because we could sit down and eat dinner together play soccer in the front yard, go for walks, yeah. go to bed at the same time. And she's like, I can't promise you $10,000, but I promise that your income will be a direct reflection of the number of lives that you change. Mm -hmm. So that's really where Powerful. I made the decision. Like I'm going to change as many lives as I possibly can. But remember I'm a, I'm a numbers like reverse engineering. Yeah. So I'm like, how many lives equals $10,000? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And she's like, well, I can't tell you that either because you could sell people stuff and they don't do anything with it. Like yep. you have to help people use, use the products and change their lives. So I was like, well, what do you do? Like, you know, like what's your monthly goal? What have you accomplished? So she told me what she'd accomplished and she'd done similar to what I wanted to do. So she told me what her monthly goals. I set those monthly goals. And that monthly goal for me was to bring on at least five customers or okay. partners uh, a month. Yeah. Um, and I've done that now for, this is my 150th month now. Wow. So I made that decision then to make that happen. But yes. that one thing I, I always like to sh say is that when you change your life in some way, you just make the decision once yeah. and then it's managing the decision yeah. every single day. Yeah. So that's how I got started. And uh, I had to sacrifice a lot of things, stop playing Call of Duty at night, stop taking naps at lunch Yeah. and, and worked like seven days a week, basically. I love and I think you were able to do that because you had a big, you kind of uncovered your big why. Yeah. It's like, why are you actually doing this? Well, you, how, how long had you been doing that where you were working 12 hour days coming home and your wife was working at the hotel? How many five years? straight years. Five straight years of that. So it's like, you're, you're, you're in a relationship, but you're almost not. Cause you're like, yeah. you're working, then she's working and you're filling in for the kids. And I think, you know, maybe finally realizing that you wanted, you wanted to keep her home. You wanted yeah. to be able to come home and see your wife and, and spend time with the kids together. Um, that uncovered your big why of like, I'm going to, I feel like I'm maxed out on time and I've had that excuse or that for the last few years, but I'm going to say, I'm going to cut back the few hours that I get to enjoy my, myself. I'm going to fill it with productive time to build this business. Cause yeah. I know if I do that for, I'm a big proponent. Like if you do anything consistently, you know, and you work hard at something for two to three years, you're, you're life could look totally different. Absolutely. I tell people that in real estate all the time. Like if you actually come in and commit to putting in the long hours and working hard for three hour, three years, your life will look totally different. And three years isn't that long of a time. It's not. You know, it'll go by quick. And so I love that you shared, like I cut out Call of Duty. I cut out the one hour I played Call of Duty. I cut out the one hour that I played softball. And not forever. You don't have to yeah. do that forever. Like if you want to go back to play Call of Duty or you want to go back to play softball, you could. But it's like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to cut it out for now. And maybe you never go back to it, yeah. but I'm going to cut it out for now and just develop this habit of like, I'm going to build my business. Cause I know that these three goals that I was prompted to write down that I want to achieve, this could be a potential way for me to get there. Absolutely. So I, I love, I mean, that's, it's so impactful to yeah. talk about because people could see where you're at today. Um, and we'll talk about where you're at today, yeah. but people could see where you're at today and, and, and be like, well, you know, either like he just got lucky or he's an overnight success or he timed things the right way. Um, but you've been doing this for 12 and a half years, Yeah, you know, and leading up to that, like you weren't 
in an ideal situation to try to start something like this. Absolutely Having not. three kids. Dude, it's an online business. I didn't even have internet in my house <laughs> yeah. or a laptop. So you're like, how's this even going to work? <laughs> yeah, but I had a little Nokia MP3 player phone that wasn't even a smartphone yet that I had wow. to, you know, make things work and invest the first little earnings back into getting, you know, my cable one internet at first. I remember getting that and then yeah. getting a, a laptop off of Craigslist. I remember getting for 135 bucks. I found wow. a good deal and I yeah. can start working with that. What was your, so setting that goal of, of bringing on five partners a month, that's pretty, it's pretty hefty goal. Yeah. Um, probably sounds like, uh, what was your, what, what did you focus on to do that? Like, how was your approach to, to trying to get those, those partners five a month? Yeah. So here we go into training time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I love it. It's, I mean, cause in real, it's a good apply to anything, to real yeah. estate, to, you know, um, whatever you're in. Uh, so for me, I just focus on making sure that I add value on my social media once a day. That's my goal. Okay. And so, you know, and I, and I always, you know, listen to people to try to get better at, at different things. And some people say, you know, you do need to do it once a day or do three times a day, you know, whoever you listen to. And I find when I get too structured like that, mm-hmm. it doesn't come out authentic, but I do at least once a day, but sometimes I'll put out like three, you know, pieces of content yeah, a day. Feeling good that day. You might pump it out. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm just continually trying to add value to people and, you know, in order to do that, I have to add value to myself first. So uh, I read 493 personal development books and, you know, I listened to anytime my headphones are in, I listen to podcasts or, you know, just motivational stuff on YouTube and whatnot. And during that first year, even I, because I didn't have internet, I had a little MP3 player phone. Yeah. I downloaded Think and Grow Rich, Mm -hmm. Millionaire Next Door and The Compound Effect. And man, I listened to those probably 60 times each my first year. And so I, I knew without a doubt if I, I did the thing, you know, consistently that most people th- wouldn't do, mm. that it would compound and give me a positive result. Yeah. I knew all about, you know, millionaire next door. If you, you know, don't go do what you think millionaires do, like buy the fancy cars and the nice house right off, live that modest life. That that's how you build real wealth. So yeah. I, I just really took everything I was learning from those personal development books and I just teach it on social media. Mm. I just regurgitate it in a yeah. way. Or I think about, okay, how does that apply to health and fitness? Or how does that apply to building the business when I'm reading it? Yeah. Or when I'm reading my scriptures, the same thing, I'll take it and I'll just teach it. Yeah. And so I'm constantly adding value like that. And so people, and I've done it so consistently that people just, they have that trust when, when I reach out to them, uh, maybe, and so this is a strategy I use just so you know, yeah, if yeah. people start watching my stories, yep. I'll, I'll message them. I'll say like, Hey, I saw you've, uh, been watching my stories for the past couple of weeks. Uh, I just want to introduce myself. You know, where are you from? It, you know, are you here to, what are you here to learn or get from me? Yeah. Is there anything I could help you with? Yeah. And then a lot of times they'll just tell me they're inspired or sometimes they'll say like, Hey, I, I, I need some help with my workouts or with meal plans or whatever. And so that's my prospect that comes in. So I don't go out and just like cold prospect people. Yeah. I put out content, attract people in yep. and then have conversations with them. And then that trust is there because they've been watching for a while. Yeah. It's like when, when I use stories, like you put a post on social media, you add value. It's kind yep. of can feel fake sometimes like a before after picture yep. or like someone with their house or accomplishment, selling a house, yep. you know, but uh, when I let them into seeing me at my kid's football game, uh, just dropping my kid off to school and I'm sharing some thoughts I feel like it's like letting them into my house, into my life. Yeah. So I feel if if they're if if they're 
in my life, in my house in that way, then it's okay for me to say like, Hey, you need help with anything? Yeah. You know, I, I think it's an awesome strategy. Two things I want to hit on it is one. I think you're right. What I've heard or what, you know, we kind of post bring in the followers and then stories are what keep them. Yeah. So you like, you get them in with a post and then you, you actively engage in your stories to keep them engaged with you and your life. Yeah. And, and I love the fact that you, I, I, do you listen to Alex Ramosi? I don't, I got to check. Okay. You got to check out. He's, yeah, he's a big, but he's, he's big on social media right now. And, um, one thing that I've noticed is like, similar with him is he just, he has a lot of knowledge that he just regurgitates through social media. Yeah. And cause he, he has read a lot of books. He's learned a lot of things, but it's nothing that's never been said or done before, but he just is willing to consume the information, get the knowledge, and then regurgitate it for people to to take part in. And most people aren't going to take the time to read 400 and whatever 90 <laughs> books that you've read, you know? Yeah. So that is a huge value add that you can give to people is like, hey, I have taken the time to read these, and I'm going to share my thoughts on what I've learned, and people are going to be attracted to that. Yeah. Um, and so I, I love that I love that you you have that kind of, you're, you're building value, and then you're just getting a conversation started around that yeah. and nothing, every business needs sales to survive. And the only place that you can really sell is like by having conversations. Absolutely. So like I tell our sales guys, like you got to have a goal of how many conversations do you want to have a day? It doesn't have to be about real estate, but like you need to be out having conversations with people. Cause that's going to, that's going to allow you to stumble across conversations that are going to lead to real estate that'll lead to transactions. Yep. And so I like that we can, you know, kind of correlate that yeah, to your field that as well. Same strategy will work for both any field. Yeah. If you're selling cars, RVs, if you if you did the same thing and made those connections, yep. then they have trust with you when they're ready to buy a car, they're gonna come to you. Hundred percent. Yeah. I love I love it. Yeah. What was your what's been your favorite uh book, like top three books that you've read? Aside from, you know, thinking grow rich and the millionaire next door. Yeah, those are all good. So write those down. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorites is um the Happiness Advantage by Sean Anker. Okay. I don't think I've heard of that one. Uh, it's just a lot about positive psychology and, okay. you know, what that does for people. You know, there's a ton of examples. But he talks about kids that get into Harvard. Mm-hmm. They've been the best their whole life, but then they get to Harvard and now they're not the best. Yep. And, and they get stressed out or suicidal and all, all these other things, right? So it just talks about the the benefits of positive psychology and in, in your overall happiness and success. Yeah. I love that. So, it's called the the happiness advantage happiness advantage by Sean Anker. Okay. Yeah. So that's a good that one. List. Yeah. I I'll mention the compound effect again. Just like, I think everybody should read that. Yeah. As a man thinketh is a good one. Okay. Compound uh, effect. I, I haven't read that one. I've heard of that one. Um, and it probably parlays the message. What I'm assuming is it probably parlays a little bit into like your thought process on, I'm going to do one value add on social media day. And what that, cause people could be like, the thing I see with a lot of people is they're, when they go into something like this, they're going to like, I'm going to go all out and I'm going to commit to like 10 posts a day and do this, but they, they can't sustain that. Yeah. And so they're just going to get burnt out and then they're not going to actually see the benefit of a year down the road of what that would actually compound and look like. But one post a day, it's probably, it's the short, it's a, you could be consistent with that, but it's not your quick way to get to your end goal. You know, it's like. But if I can stay consistent five years down the road of doing one post a day and adding value, the a couple compound, thousand. yeah, the compound <laughs> effect of that is like yeah. so powerful. Um, how was your first year when you actually made this, the uh, started taking on the coaching? Yeah. So it was extremely like, I was, 
energized because I had this strong vision pulling me. Yeah. You know, I had this as Napoleon Hill and thinking grow Richard say, I'd had this burning desire. Like I wanted this to happen so bad. Yeah. And I knew that if, you know, from the compound effect, if all, if I did the thing every single day, with the right attitude, the right mindset, I would get a positive result. Yep. So I'm working, um, you know, I'm about eight months in and I get the man cold. Have you ever had the man cold? It's like yeah. where us men, you literally die just, and yeah. women go on with their lives. <laughs> yeah. So I got the man cold and, uh, I just remember I, I was homesick for three days, which is stressful as it is oh, yeah. missing work. I don't have paid sick time. I'm missing overtime hours. So I'm stressed out. I'm home. And my wife's like, it's a Friday. She's like, you know, if you shower, get out of bed, take a walk, you'll start to feel better. Yeah. But I just literally slept for like three days. Like, no, I can't. And, and I'm not saying, you know, I was working 12 hour days, getting up early for my workouts, not healthy to do, not sustainable long-term. Yeah. Uh, and so I got sick. Uh, and I just remember, um, she's like, Kina, Kina is my oldest. She's, she's going to get home from kindergarten. The bus mm -hmm. is going to drop her off at the end of the cul-de-sac. Yeah. And she's like, maybe you could go pick her up. So I shower, I get dressed. And I'm walking down the cul-de-sac. I'm only halfway down and the bus pulls up to the end of the cul-de-sac. And, you know, when the stop sign flings out, it's like, yeah, I just remember like it's yesterday. And I see these two hands grab the handrail. And this little girl looks up and she sees me. And man, I just, I started crying, man. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't, I literally couldn't keep walking. Yeah. And I was like, man, how many of these moments have I missed? Mm. Like just seeing that smile and her excitement to see me. Like how many of these moments have I missed? But even more importantly than that, like I'm present, like I'm with them. I get home at five 30. I'm with my girls, but am I with them? Because yeah. it's like stress from 12 hours in the factory and it's like feed them, bathe them, burp them, change the diapers, get in bed. Why aren't you falling asleep? So I can work on my business, you yeah. know? Yep. So I'm, I'm there, but I'm not there. hundred percent. And so I'm like, man, how many more, but, but more importantly, how many more of these moments will I continue to miss if I don't push through this pain, mm. through this struggle. Because I was at a point where I was like, I'm making enough to bring my wife possibly home. So I was like, I don't have to work seven days a week at night for three hours a night. I could just like, people come to me, I'll help them earn some commissions. She can come home and I don't have to work, do it so hard. Yeah. But that was the moment where I realized, like they say the two greatest days of your life are the day you were born and the day you figure out why or find out why. Yeah. That was the day for me because I was like, I'm never going to, I don't ever want to miss a moment like that again. Yeah. Like I don't want to miss taking them to school, dropping them off, donuts with daddy, any games that they might possibly be in in the yeah. future. And so I made a decision. Once again, we're going to decisions, right? I made a decision like I'm going to make this my full-time career. Like I love doing it already. Yeah. I'm going to make this my full-time career. But what I think was more powerful is I realized like, man, if I, if I could do this, like I'm a college dropout, like I had trouble with addictions in my college years. Like if I could overcome all of that with a workout program, gaining my self-esteem back, belief that I can do things. Like if I could do it, I could train, mentor, inspire anybody to do it. Yeah. Like literally, like I wish you guys could go back and like see me in, in some of those college years. Cause yeah. you'd be like, oh, like where I'm at right now, I could, I could grow out of this in the next 10, 15 years. 100%. No, so that's where my, my mission or purpose became bigger. And I'm like, I'm going to do this. No, what I love is like, no situation is permanent. Yeah. It doesn't have to be permanent. And so a lot of people look at their current situation and they get like down on themselves and like, they're just like, this is what it is. Yeah. It's like, it doesn't have to be. That is your current situation. 
but you can take action and make the right decisions that are going to get you out of that current situation, get you into a better situation. And and it's not going to happen overnight, but you can make that decision. Like I'm going to commit to doing this. I I love how you say, cause I'm in that similar boat where, you know, I work a ton right now and, um, getting home, it's like, am I really present? And I've been really trying to work on that of, I am going to be present for at least a few hours. Yeah. And when I do put her to bed, I do go back to work. And, um, that's not going to be forever. And sometimes like, you know, me and my wife, we talk about it and it's like, these are the sacrifices that we're making right now to get to that place that we do want to be in the next, you know, three years, four years. Because yeah. our we had our firstborn and she's, she just turned one. And I'm like, I don't want to ever have to miss uh, a sporting event that she does or taking her to a camp or, you know, going to the, the daddy, uh, daddy daughter dance or the donuts with that, you know, any yeah. of that. I don't want to miss that. And so I'm sacrificing right now to make sure that we can be prepared to enjoy the life that we want to enjoy. Yeah. Um, but you have to be willing to go through that sacrifice. Like, Absolutely. You didn't just jump in to body and instantly become a success. Absolutely not. You had to go through and sacrifice yep. to get there. So at the first year, you you got to a point. How long had it been before you got to the point where you felt like you were comfortable and you could replace that $10,000 of income for your wife? Yeah. So, you know, I was getting to that point around eight months in. Okay. Um, but, but remember, like, my work ethic was, like, beyond what is normal. Yeah. Like, it was working <laughs> 8.30 to midnight and then back up for a 12 hour day, seven days a week. And so I was at that point and then it was about 14 months in where, you know, cause I, I'd set that goal after the school bus experience Yeah, that it kind of energized me and pulled me further. But I think what was even more important is I started to share that vision with other people. Mm. Like I was already sharing the vision of what I was going to do for bringing my wife home. Yeah. But I'm like, this is going to be my life. Like I'm going to teach people, inspire people, mentor people in business, help them with their health and fitness. And that's what I'm going to get paid to do. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I started to share that and, you know, and I think it attracted other people that had similar goals and visions. And, you know, I don't want to say magically, but you know, God, the universe brought the right people in to help us accelerate that path. So, um, yeah, it was, uh, June of 2012, I became a full-time dad. Really? And then now, I call myself a part-time coach and a full-time dad. That's awesome. I love that title. Um, And so that you decided to jump full-time after being like, was it a year, 14? Yeah, 14 months. Wow. Exactly. So 14 months after kind of doing this as a side gig, you're like, I'm going to quit my nine to five, my guaranteed income and go all in on this. I read a a book called You Can't Steal Second with Your Foot on First. Mm. And, you know, right around that school bus moment time, I... I realized I couldn't sustain working 12 hour days and take my business to that next level that I wanted to be at. And I remember, you know, another day I'm an emotional person. I went out in the, against the back fence, put my hoodie on and I was back there like in tears, just tired, exhausted, you know? Mm-hmm. And I remember walking back through the shop and just looking at everybody. And I have some great friends or so there, like my, my old boss is building right across from where we're building our oh, house really? right now. Yeah. And so I have great friends there and I had great opportunities there, but I remember walking through and looking at like the, the head foreman, mm-hmm. uh, the top paid welders. Yep. And just as I walked through there, I was like, just thinking, you know, like, man, I, I don't want that life. Like they'd been there since they were 18, yep. 16. And they're, you know, at their time, 
I thought old forties, I'm in my forties now, but they look like they were 60 Yeah, because they'd been in that factory for, you know, so many years that as I walked through that, I was like, I got the ladder against the wrong wall. Like I'd already kind of realized that, but I was like, I need to cut back from this. Like, so I went to my boss and I just, I told him, you know, I was like, Hey, I get paid right now to write manuals, but I'm helping run the service department and, um, I'm running the shipping department and I'm just getting paid to do manuals. Mm. And he's like, are you leaving for that thing you're doing? <laughs> and I was like, I don't have plans to leave right now, but I, I'm not going to stop doing that. And I can't do that. And all three of these jobs. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'll write the best manuals. I'll show up for eight hours a day and work super hard during the eight hours. I'll produce the best manuals, but I can't do the service department. I can't do the shipping. Like I'll do what I'm paid for. So in a way that was a huge sacrifice because I'm cutting off my overtime, overtime and uh, trajectory of potential growth there. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was like me, you can't steal second with your foot on first. It was cutting off the overtime and saying, Hey, like, I'm, I'm not going to be that. Or I guess overachiever, I was still going to work hard there, but I wasn't going to be the guy that did everybody's jobs anymore. So that's what I had. That's the sacrifice I had to make. And then, I mean, then I started going in at seven and coming home at four so I could sleep in till like five 30, do a workout and I could get more rest and push through and build, have more energy for my business. Yeah. At what point did you decide to quit there and move full time, full time into your, uh, it was when I felt, um, comfortable, I was more than double what I was making at my full time job Okay. or with my, all my overtime. So I was like. You know, I did research. How much does my insurance cost? Because there were all those things like I can't leave because I got great insurance and all that stuff. But I, I once I figured out I could afford my insurance and everything and and come out better than I was with all that overtime, yeah. I was like, it's time to go. Yeah, best You're, feeling of my life. No, and I, I love that because <laughs> a lot of people that is their excuse. It's I've got good benefits. I whatever this that, and I I just couldn't do whatever I wanted to do. Yeah, but it's because they actually haven't thought about diving in, spending a few hours and researching, okay, what if I do do it, what are my costs? Yeah. You know, and then developing a game plan, reverse engineering it again and saying, okay, well, in order to take on those costs, I need to be at X amount of income and I could probably sustain it. I, one of my business mentors, you know, he told me, he talks a lot about like wealth planning and, you know, putting together a 30 year wealth plan. And he said, the sad thing is a lot of people plan, they spend more time planning their next vacation than they do their entire life. Yeah. It's like nobody sits down and plans where they want to be in five years or how they plan to get there or what the wealth journey is going to be like. But by golly, they'll plan that trip to Hawaii and they'll have every detail nailed in every of what they're detail. doing. Yeah. You know, but it's like we don't treat our lives like that. And your life, your life could be a uh basically a vacation if you spent the time to do these things and put the right things in place. Yeah. And so I love the fact that you shared, you know, I didn't just randomly decide to just jump into this thing full time. Like I did put thought into it and I had the same fears that a lot of people are going to have about wanting to get into a, a business or start their own business. And I just addressed them, wrote them down, figured out what they were and figured out how to address them, yep. you know, develop a game plan, have the game plan. So, um, okay. So t- take me from there. You, you decide to eventually jump into this full time. Um, what is, was, does your wife, was your wife supportive of this the whole time? She was absolutely supportive. I'm, I'm very blessed in that aspect yeah. because I remember when I, when I first, uh, enrolled or signed, like I did it and like asked for forgiveness later, like yeah. we were tight on the budget. Yeah. 
And I was like, Hey, I signed up for that coach thing. And she's like, I don't really know what that coach thing is, but I know that if you put your mind to it, you can do it. Mm-hmm. So she supported me in that. Another huge su- th- way that she supported me was holding me accountable to, uh, being where you are. Yeah. Uh, and what that means is like set a, set apart time. If you're with your kids, be with your kids. If you're with your building your business, be in your business. Uh, if you're with your family time, be with your family. Don't try to intertwine them yeah. too much. And so, you know, she would be off work two nights a week. I would still work those nights. I just wouldn't work three or four hours. I'd work like an hour and a half, two hours, and I'd watch a movie with her. Her, yeah. her love language is quality time, spend time together. Yeah. But what I found myself doing is we'd put a movie and I'd have my phone like this, like check in. And I'd be like, oh, but this person, like they're ready to buy a package. Like I just, like I got to do this one. And she would hold me accountable to, to be in like, no, put your phone in the other room and be with me when you're with me. Yeah. So she was very supportive in that. Even in, in this, uh, like today, 12 years later, she's like, she's like, you're going to do awesome today. Like I have no doubts. It's going to be great. That's awesome. So she's, she's, she's awesome. And I, I actually posted something last night kind of about this. Like, you know, Warren Buffett says, uh, who you marry, the one, one of the most important decisions you can make is not about your money and it's not about your investments or your career. It's about who you decide to do life with. It's who you choose to marry. And for a lot of people, because that if you have friction, if you wrote down those goals and said, here's where I want to be, and these are the things that I want to achieve in my life, and that didn't align with what your wife also wanted or, like, she was on board with that, Yeah, you're going to be fighting an uphill battle. Like, not only is it hard to make all the decisions to try to go out and pursue this journey, but it's even – it's 10 times harder if you're also fighting your wife and trying to convince her that you can do it, and you know? And so having the right partner is so critical, I think, in in – to being able to achieve where you want to achieve. And, and that starts with you, not that you have the wrong partner out there, but like make sure that you're on the same page and that have starts communication, with, right? Yeah. Have communication, write down your goals. And like, yeah. here's where, here's where, you know, what are my goals? What are your goals? And what are our goals together? I think a lot of uh, relationships nowadays forget that part. They're yeah. kind of, they forget to align their goals and have that open communication about where they want to go in life. And it comes down again to planning this. Nobody wants to plan you know, where they want to end up. Yeah. And so I, I love that she's supportive, supportive of that. My wife is similar in the fact that, uh, she, you know, she's blatantly told me like, if you're going to work, I'd rather you just go back to the office and work, you know, don't, yeah. don't, don't do it here. Yeah. Don't commingle it of, you know, if, if you're going to be here and, and be with our daughter, like be with her. Don't. Yeah. So, and I, and I've come to the realization I'm, you know, most things can wait, you know, uh, but what, what can't wait that time is going to go by, but somebody like that needs something, it's probably not, unless it's urgent. It's most things aren't very, very urgent, but that could wait till when she's in bed or, you know, the next the, day, the even next day, 24 hours is still good. Yeah. So like, it, and that took me a while to, to, to come to that realization. Cause I'm, I'm competitive and I'm driven and I want to, I want to win. Yeah. And so like, I feel like if I need to do that, I need to always be in the game but it's okay to, to take pauses and in, in pour into other things that are important into your life. Yeah. And I love that. It sounds like you've kind of found that a, a good balance. Yeah. It takes time. You know, I, I think it's important to remember too, like you could have all the success in the world, whether it's with real estate or building your business, but if your family's not intact at the end, it's not worth it. Yeah. Like it was all in, in vain. So hundred percent got to, got to keep those priorities right. Yeah, absolutely. So <clears throat> going, going, 
did you ever, was there ever a point where you thought you might, like it wasn't for you doing this stuff? Like, did you ever get into the journey? Cause a lot of people start, uh, you know, partnering with companies and doing network marketing Yeah, and, but they never see it through. Was there ever a point where you thought maybe this wasn't what you're going to do or you almost quit? I think that's where I'm like an anomaly. Yeah. Because I, I have this belief that I built inside of myself, like doing the workouts, following the meal plan, reading the personal development books, being connected with accountability partners changed my life. Mm-hmm. So like I literally made a decision. I tell my, my partners all the time, like, you know, you may quit someday and that's okay. You may go to, on to do, do something else. But I was like, I could literally have every person on our team. We built our team up to 45,000 people across the U S wow. Canada, France, and the UK. Wow. I was like, literally every, it wouldn't happen like this, but I was like, everybody could quit every customer, every partner that I have, I would still show up tomorrow and I would do my workout, follow my meal plan, drink my shake, read my personal development, reach out to someone, get them into a package, help them get results with the program. Yeah. So it's like, I never really had the, is this going to work for me or not? Because I'm just going to show up and help people. Yeah. You can't, you can't defeat somebody that despite everything going wrong is still going to do the things that need to get done that day. Yeah. Andy Priscilla had a quote about that. He's like, you, you literally, like you can't defeat the person that is willing to do what they need to do every day, despite whatever's going around. Cause I'm sure like when you first started, there was fires going on around you that like, you know, life and family and work even and managing today. everything. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. Even today there's fires Stuff. that go around you. But if you're that consistent person, it's really hard to beat you. If despite everything going on, you're still going to wake up in the morning, do your workout, drink your protein shake, reach out to people. Yeah. Like you can't beat that person. Like you can continue to, you can get on that train with them and do that. But like, how do you get ahead of that person if they're always going to be doing it and they're going to get that compounded effect of doing that over a decade, yeah. you know? So 45,000 people, that is, that is massive. Yeah. It's uh, but it's from just creating great leadership yeah. and that comes through just being a good person yourself. Yeah. Just leading by example. Like I look at myself sometimes, I'm like, how does that, how does that happen? Yeah. But I'm like, you know, cause I'll have doubts. Like, am I a good leader? Like someone will quit and go do something else or there'll be, there, there could be tons of things. Yeah. I, and so like I created another belief for myself, like as long as I am solid in my belief about, uh, that I'm capable of achieving anything I set my mind to that the, the workouts that, that I'm helping people with will help someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, that if I do the, do them and do those things, if someone else emulated what I'm doing, their life would be successful. Yeah. And that, that would, that would be good leadership. Now, if I'm on the other hand, not showing up for a month straight because I don't feel like it, then I could be like, have that conversation with myself in the mirror and be like, dude, you're not being a good leader right now. Yeah. Like if someone else disappeared for a month from selling, like talking to people about real estate or whatever, or whatever field you're in, yeah, you know, I I just kind of give myself that rule. Like to be a good leader, you just have to be that example that if you're emulated, it would be for the good. Yeah. Do you... Do you ever look back and think about like how many lives you've actually impacted? Like, did you think you'd be here five years ago, 10 years uh, ago? Not, not this far. Yeah. Yeah. Like I knew I was going to do big things. Uh, like I said, I think it was before I wanted to be a professional baseball player, like I said, and then a, a musician. But what I really realized, I just wanted to have some sort of platform to inspire people. Yeah. So like, I feel like I'm, I'm in that place. Um, I don't really think about it. There's like, 
sayings out there. Like you touch one person, they'll reach another thousand. And so when I think about it, it just doesn't make sense, but I'm just out to just make the world as good as I can. Yeah. I love that. Um, do you have, do you have a personal coach or do you have business coaches that you? Yeah. So, uh, I have like my personal mentor in the business, but then I also really strive to reach out to people who are, cause there's people doing a lot more than I am yeah. inside of our company and in outside, uh, of ours, our company. So I'm always trying to surround myself with those people. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, one of them lives in Rexburg yeah. and like probably done three times what I've done. Really? And so, and came into this business after I did. Yeah. So it's like, if there's anybody that's out there, like I'm too late or yeah. Scotty got in at the right time. That's, that's not true. Yeah. So I, I do that. Um, I try to go to anything I can to learn. Like, um, I've been through some courses like with Brendan Bruchard. I don't know if you know who he is. Oh, oh man, you got to get on, on the yeah. Brendan Bruchard train. About, what is, is he? So he's a high performance coach. Okay. So I've been through his high performance Academy, um, program called smart success, like all kinds of, you know, just looking at people who've done big, big things. things. And yeah. I remember meeting Brendan after the first event and I was like, he talked about how he built seven, six figure businesses. And I was still striving to, to build my first. Yeah. And I'm like, man, what's the difference between someone that builds seven, Multiple. six figure business and someone that is struggling to build one? Yeah. He's like, well, we all have great ideas and, and visions and dreams and goals. Uh, but it's the people that put those visions and goals and dreams out into the universe and share them. And then other people that have similar visions and goals, they align, they come together and then build the business together. And so I really took that to heart. Like I have like 4,000 or 5,000 videos on my YouTube channel because wow. anytime I have a thought from my personal development, I'm like, Hey, what's going on? I was reading and I just share my thoughts yeah. or share my goals, share what I want to accomplish. And then you know, just like social media, people find me and they're like, Hey, I want to learn that. Or I want to do something like that too. Yeah. So yeah, I'm always striving to learn from the best. Have you, have you always been the type of person that when you say something like you fully commit to it and do you Uh, think that's something that can be learned or do you think it's a, I think it part of it, it was part of me. Okay. But I had to develop it just like any, any talent or gift had to be more fully developed because Prior, like one of the big reasons I think I'm at where I'm at with the consistency today yeah, is I made another decision in my life of not quit. Like I'm the person that's, I don't know the saying, so if you know it, you'll have to, to say it, but I'm really good at a lot of things. Uh-huh. Like I can, back in the day, I could ollie a garbage can. I can throw backflips off of cliffs on a snowboard. Jack of all trades. I, yeah. But what's the other one? But not. But, but a master of none. <laughs> master of none. Yes. I could play the guitar really good, but I can't rip a solo, but I can play in the band as the backup guitarist. Yeah. I can sing, but I can't sing if there's not a lead singer. Like I can mm-hmm. do a lot of things, Yeah, but I was never really master any because I would get to a certain level. And when it was, gets that point where it gets hard to go to the expert level, yep. I just quit and go learn something else. Yep. And so when it came to this, I was like, there's no quitting me. Like I'm going to do, I'm going to do this. And I'll go, I'll, I'll overcome anything that comes at me. I'm never going to quit. Wow. So yeah. So that was, it was partially there, but then I had to develop it to a neck to the next level. I, I like it because, because there's a lot of people out there that aren't consistent right now. And I, and I'm glad that you shared that, that you, you, you used to be the type of person that, you know, you'd do something and then jump, jump in. Cause a lot of people do that right now. Like they'll see, they'll see you making good money in, in, uh, fitness and coaching. So they're going to be like, I'm going to go into that. 
And then they'll get to that point where it's hard and like, eh, they'll see somebody doing good in real estate and be like, I'm going to go get my real estate license and I'm going to try yep. that. And it gets hard. They leave. And they're like, I'm going to go do that. Make Just make a decision because you can be successful. There's so many different fields, so many different industries that you can make a lot of money in and be successful at. Yeah. Make a decision. Like what is that vehicle that you want to be in? What is that wall that you want to put your ladder up against and try to climb? Like decide what that is and say, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get off of this vehicle or I'm not going to get off of this ladder. Like, yeah. I'm going to see this room and commit to it. And I think it's important that you, it's something that you really enjoy yeah. as well. Um, one of my big visions and goals that I had that is like come to fruit, like it's here, like I'm living it right now Yeah, is like, I, I made this decision, like I'll, I'm going to own five vacation rentals. Mm. Um, and at the time it was like, I'm going to own five half a million dollar vacation rentals that are paid in full. Okay. And I set that goal because I have five kids. Okay. And I was like, I want to teach them how to do profit loss statement, like how to market them, run yeah. them as a business, like as an Airbnb or yeah. a short-term rental or whatever. And I want to do that. Notice when I talk about goals, there's always a why behind it. And the reason why I want to do that is because I went into, to be a dental lab technician because my cousin made good money, not because I loved it. Yeah. So that, that vision, that goal that I set for that was, you know, my daughter's, Two of them are competition dancers. One of them like wants to dance in college. She wants to be an NFL dancer. She wants wow. to teach dance, you know, and I know a, a dance teacher typically doesn't make good money. Yeah. And so, you know, she can and it's possible, um, but I want her to be able to teach dance. And if it only makes 20,000 a year, she could make 60 from this paid off vacation rental mm -hmm. and provide for her family with a good $80,000 a year. And she's at home teaching dance two hours a day. Yeah. Right. So I set that, that huge goal and that vision, um, for that reason. It's massive. And I like, I like that you have a why behind your goals because so many people that do get into something and, you know, you ask them about how much money they want to make and they're like, everybody's like, I want to make six figures. And you're like, okay, why? And they're like, cause I want to make six figures and you know, then I'll have money to pay for things that I want. It's like, you got to have a bigger why than that because that's not going to, when the, when it gets tough, that why is not going to drive you to continue to push. No, nope. but yours of, Hey, I'm going to sacrifice and buy these rental properties because I have this bigger vision of the purpose of that. Not, not just to make money, which I'm sure they make money, but it's not just to make money. It's not just to build our net worth. It's to help provide a resource for my kids in the future. That's going to allow them to not have to go into something that they don't want to do something that they love to do that they could put their passion and energy. Yeah. Into. I love that. That's, yeah. I, I didn't know that. And I, like that gives me an idea of it, some goals that I need to set. There you, know? you go. Like, that's, awesome. that's super cool. So did you have a, a certain area that you plan to invest in? What got you interested you know in real my estate? First one? Yeah. And what got you interested in, in real estate investing? Like why that? Well, the first one, I, I don't actually rent it out. It's okay. our, our lake house on, on Henry's Lake. Okay. Uh, you know, the reason I, like we, the first huge goal I set when I, when I left my job uh -huh. was like, we still, we don't need anything, my, my family and I, other than experiences. Yeah. And so I was like, what am I going to do? Like our business is growing. Like, what am I going to do with this? So I was like, let's buy a cabin. I always enjoyed the thing. I, I have the worst memory, Yeah. but the thing I remember most is the 10 day vacations in the summer to my aunt's, you know, cabin from like the 1920s ride her dirt bikes around all day, shoot little bows in the backyard. Yeah. And my aunt provided that, let us stay there, you know? And so I was like, I want to, 
get something like that for my family, for my grandkids and, and siblings and parents. So I set a goal to do that. It's not really a vacation rental, you know, I, I rent it to my own business, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> for corporate retreats, for cor- <laughs> yeah, for corporate retreats. And so, uh, that was the first one, but the, the next one was I was hosting a retreat for our team. Yeah. They'd, they'd hit some goals and we were in Salt Lake. It was this majesty cove mansion. It slept like 30 people. Wow. Uh, it was like a 10,000 square foot house or something in Draper. And I remember there was a little sign at the, the thing with like the, the rental company's name. Yeah. And I just remember the whole time I was there, I'm like hosting this retreat. We're teaching and doing Q and A's and all that stuff with our leaders. And I was uh, the whole time I'm just thinking like, I paid like $5,000 for this house. Yeah. Like I want to own a house like this and have someone pay me $5,000 for three days. Yep. Yep. And so like I, I emailed them. I was like, Hey, my name's Scott. I stayed in your house. Um, how do I do this? And so I got on the phone with the owner of Utah's best vacation rentals. Okay. His name's Brad Wing. He's one of my best friends now. Really? And I was like, I want a house with a pool in Salt Lake city. You know, I was telling him everything that I wanted. Yeah. And we looked at some houses and he's like, I got this development that's being built, um, by the ball family in, in St. George. Okay. And I was like, ah, we've never been to St. George. I'm like, no, we don't ever go there. I don't have a desire to go there. And anyway, turns out the developer was selling their house right next to the clubhouse, next to the pool. Okay. He sent us pictures and my wife's like, yes. Which, which so, subdivision was it in St. George? Uh, Paradise Village at Paradise Zion. Village. Okay. Okay. And so we make an offer on it without ever going there. Just, just trusting him off of that. Wow. And, uh, that's been our most, that's our first one that we really rented out to people. And it's, wow. it does awesome. It does over a hundred K uh, a year in rentals. Wow. And it's just like, I, I put a little journal there and it just, I tell people to write their experience and the kids are like, this is the best house ever. There's like a slide off the deck and oh, the pool's wow. right next door. Wait, so that did- was the first one. Like we bought it without ever going there. And that's what year did you buy that in? Uh, that would have been, I bought our cabin 10 years ago last week. So it would have been eight years ago. Eight years. Wow. That's awesome. I love that you just had that thought and you just took action. You like, I just emailed him. I'm just going to email this guy and be like, I want to get into this. Yeah. Where where, where I start. And then jumped on a call. Like it shows your curiosity to like when, when you have this work. Yeah. How does this work? I want to learn this and this sounds cool. Let me seek the knowledge. But then you don't only seek the knowledge you then implement the knowledge that you, that you learn. Um, I, we, I just got back from a conference in Arizona and they brought in a psychologist that kind of talked and that was one of his big things. Like, I don't want you guys to stop learning, start implementing. Like Like so many people are so focused on like on focused on learning everything. There's, there's people out there like you that have read 400 and something self-help books and have implemented nothing. I know. You know? And so (laughs) you think about that and it's like, you don't, you maybe don't even need to read 400, but if you read just some and implemented little things into your life, it could be a lot different. And that's just hearing your story. Like you're, you're, you do implement, like you learn and then you make a decision and then you implement what you need to do to get to your goals. And that's it's so valuable. So you, you set out to get five, how many rental properties are you at right now? So right now we are, we have three that are up Okay, and we're building, they, they should have the foundation going soon near park city. Okay. Near Jordan L. There's a new uh, ski resort going up called the Mayflower. So it's like, that's on, is that the deer Valley extension? Yeah. Okay. And so okay. I'm like, even though it's not in park city, it's like 14 minutes away. I'm like, this could really be a great great place to be one of the first to come in. So 
it was a huge one for me, like the biggest investment that I'd made. Yeah. And we signed the contract like a year ago. They're wow. little, they had some permit issues, but should be going up through this fall. Wow. And so that will be, um, that's really our fourth. Okay. But I'm counting the house we live in as our fifth because we're going to Airbnb that when we move into our house that we're building. Okay. That makes sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's three up and running, one in Park City being built, the one we live in that will be one, and then- okay. We're building our house. So there's six. Wow. There's so look, where are the locations of all of them? So obviously your one right here is in Idle Falls. Yeah. House. Then we okay. have uh, Henry's on Henry's Lake in Idle okay. Park, uh, in Paradise Village in St. George, Santa Clara. Okay. And then Cottonwood Heights near Alton Brighton was our next one after Paradise Village. Cool. Uh, like a condo up there, a townhouse. Okay. And then uh, doing the Park City one. Okay. Uh, and then the house we live in and then the house we're building for us. That's awesome. So that's where we're at. That's so cool. And you've, it sounds like you focus your Airbnb selection on kind of like mountain areas, resort. Yeah, just places that have, uh, you know, St. George is awesome. There's tons of, um, you know, baseball tournaments and stuff. And Golfing. It stays busy tourists. all year. Yeah. Yeah. All of Idaho wants to go to St. George in the. <laughs> when it gets cold. About when February, it gets cold, March. Yep. Yeah. 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 And then I've really just, to be honest, I've just taken, like, I don't pick them. I trust the advice of my friend, Brad, who okay. manages 600. Wow. I think there's 600 homes he has that he manages with his company, Utah's Best Vacation Rentals. So like the Park City one, he's like, hey, I got this thing I think will be great. Here's why I think it'll be great. And I I mean, my research was like only an hour, just like here's the amenities, here's what it is, here's the options. Yeah. And then just trusting an expert yeah. that, that has proven success. 100%. And that's, that's all they do is Airbnbs. Like, yeah, just short-term rental. Smart. Yeah. He, I mean, he's got a lot of people like me. Um, and then he also does, you know, the style where he'll rent, like there's one place, there's a bunch of townhouses. I think there's probably like 20 of them. He just rents them from the landlord mm. and then Airbnbs them. Yeah. You know, he rents like a them. monthly rental rate and then Airbnbs. Smart. That's cool. I mean, and you guys, have you, how long have you lived in the house that you're currently living in? Uh, it's our starter home. So wow. we, when we moved from Salt Lake to here with our three month old, when I left the dental lab job and went to, to work at the steel factory, uh, we lived with my mom and dad for like two or three months when we were looking for houses. And then yeah. that's our, our first, our first home. Would you, would you buy that home for? Uh, 179,000. Wow. Yeah. How big is it? Uh, it's, it was unfinished basement, unfinished yard. It was a brand new development. Okay. And so it's 3000 square foot. Okay. So I finished the basement while I was working my, at the steel factory, finished that on my own, except for the sheetrock. And so now we, it's a six bedroom and put a theater room down there and a gym. Wow. So That's cool. I, <clears throat> I wanted to, I asked that because you've been making good money for a few years. Yeah. Um, and you're still living in the house that you lived in when you were making $10 an hour, yep. you know? When, that you'd bought when you're making $10 an hour. Why? Well, I think there's a lot of things to it. Um, I just listening to the book, think and grow rich yep. a millionaire next door. Um, you know, I just knew that to build real wealth, I needed to live a modest life and, and I'm a modest, I, I'm a modest. I like, I like to be modest in yeah. a way. Like I don't like to be in the spotlight. Yeah. Um, and so there's that. Also, my wife came from Bolivia when she was two. And so she watched her parents work multiple jobs while she was growing up. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, you know, 
just take care of what we have and just live, live a modest life and family is most important. Yeah. So yeah, but I just, uh, was so in love with my business, like what I was doing, the work I was doing with my business that the business kept growing. So I needed to do something yeah. with it. So that's why we started with investments and not like, cause I've seen, I saw, I've seen people, even people I've mentored, you know, make a great income, like more than they ever imagined. Mm-hmm. And they go buy a $1.5 million house from their, they're at a $150,000 house. Yep. And then three, four years down the road when business, cause businesses always have ups and downs, then yeah. they're, working out of a level of stress yes. versus out of the passion that they started it with. Yep. And so I was like, before I ever do anything for me, like I want to make sure that I'm set up where I can build my business in a fun way and not like stressed out. Yeah. It's powerful. Yeah. That's I, I, cause there's not a lot, the, the network marketing world and sales world and all that, um, it it's known for once you start making good money, you, yeah, everybody gets like real flashy and, you know, buy something flashy, yeah. show it, you can have this or you can have that. Yep. Yep. You didn't take that approach. Yeah. You, you stayed in the house that you lived in for the last 12 plus years or whatever. And, uh, you, you were smart with your money. You reinvested it into real estate assets and your goal. What, tell me your goal. You want to pay those off and pay off your house by the age of 50 or what was your goal that you the initial goal? Yeah. Well, that was before any real extra real estate. It was just pay off my house, um, have a million dollars in the bank and retire at 50. Okay. Uh, so I'm 42 right okay. now, but we paid off, I paid off my house when I was 31. Wow. And yeah. What's, Other goals we won't quite talk about what, <laughs> money what, in the bank, but yeah, I started yeah, what's, investing. What's, what is, do you have new goals around your investment properties and yeah. So right now I'm, I'm the kind, I might be different than some other people that, and I can always learn from people. Yeah. Uh, like I see some, some other people locally, they're doing incredible things with like storage units and yeah. duplexes and apartments and stuff like that. And I'm inspired by that. And, you know, sometimes I'm like, I want to maybe get into some of that. Yeah. Like, let me be your friend so I can learn from you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, let this old guy come in, <laughs> but, uh, teaching the game. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the goals for the goal, the way that I approached it is like, you know, my, my business model is possibly something that couldn't be around forever. Like uh-huh. there's companies that get in trouble because they make claims that they're not supposed to make and then they can get shut down. Yeah. And so I always think about that in the future. So that's why I'm, I'm, I'm more invested in growing my own personal skills yeah. than my business numbers. I mean, I work on those too, but as I worked on my real estate, like they, we got them set up as rentals, like everything that came in uh, as income went right to paying the mortgage. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, as our income grew with, you know, what I do with health and fitness, like we just stayed in our house, lived modestly. We take some fun trips and like we went to Maui for six weeks and rented a house. Like we do it more experiences, Yeah, yeah. but all the extra money I, for, you know, 12 years, I've maxed out a SEP IRA. And then I take, you know, pay my tithing, max out my SEP IRA. Um, and then I put, you know, I, I set aside a certain percent. I set aside 20% is what I was doing. And then everything else I just put to the mortgage. Wow. And some people that invest might not do that, but yeah. the home we live in, the the cabin, the Park City house, the one in Cottonwood, they're all paid for. Wow. And so there's no, there's no debt on them. It's huge. And so, um, you know, and we were able to do that because we 
stayed in the house that we live in. We yeah. love our house. Even my wife today is like, why are we doing this new, new house? I love this house. Yeah. And, and, and I'm a person that's not tied. My, um, my, uh, worth or whatever is not tied to a possession or what I've accomplished. Yeah. I'm like to, to my wife, I'm like, if something ever happened, like last night at dinner, she's like, if you died, if you passed away, what would you want me to do with the houses? And I was like, sell the big house right away. It doesn't make any money. It's just like an experience. Like if I wasn't here, yeah. like keep the ones that are paid for, let them make money for you. And then you're set. Yeah. But sell the big house, <laughs> the house <laughs> we're building. Um, so, so we have like those kind of conversations, yeah. you know? Um, but yeah, even with this new house, she's like, do we really need this? I'm like, we don't really need it. But like some of our kids still have 10 years in the house. Yeah. Winters are like eight months long. We're not moving to, we decided we don't want to move to Hawaii or to Arizona. Cause we've had all those conversations, but the kids love their friends here. Yeah. So let's build a house here that feels like summer in the winter. Yeah. So, so that's why we're doing that. And I was like, you know what, if it's, if we hate cleaning it or it's too big, like I, I'm not embarrassed to be like five years down the road, sell it and be like, move right back into, into the house. We're yeah. In. Yeah. Like I'm not tied to anything that we've ever built yeah. or done. And I think that's, that's important too. Cause I think people can be too tied to things or their accomplishments or, you know, I'm not the body coach. I'm the dad of five kids and husband of Gabby. That's awesome. Right. I love that. You, it sounds like you've, you're, most people struggle because their ego gets in the way. I think so. And uh, it sounds like you've really been able to get past your ego and not have that and not let that interfere with how you do business or how you do life. Um, some people build a big house like that would say that is, that is their worth. And if they ever have to sell that, like their ego is going to go to the, you know, yeah. What would people think of me? Exactly. Yeah. But it sounds like you've, you haven't had that concern this whole time building this up, you know, it's like you've, you've stayed in the house and you're not concerned about what people think you have. You're happy with yourself. Um, you found that like inner peace. And I think that is so valuable. I think that's what people need to strive for. Um, that's still taking time. That's still a daily process. Yeah. 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 It's, you're you're never going to get perfect. There's always improvements and stuff to work on. Um, but I think that's, that's awesome. And the fact that you guys have those, those properties paid off too, that's massive. Like Dave Ramsey would love you. And (laughs) I think our, my, my big thing is there's that balance of risk. And I think there are people out there that do take a lot more risk than maybe they should. Um, and Dave Ramsey always says like, I don't agree with everything Dave Ramsey says, but one thing is like, just don't, don't ever bet the farm on one thing. So like, don't ever, if you're getting into a rental property, <clears throat> make sure that that rental property can't ruin you. Yeah. Like make sure that that debt can't ruin you. I'm okay. I'm all good for debt and leverage. As long as you're not taking on too much risk that like one decision, like one thing going wrong could ruin everything. I think that's smart. You know? Yeah. It's like, cause so many, I see so many people that do and, and we, we play in the real estate world and we play in the development world and, I've seen where like people are really eager to take on a lot of risk and then things don't go as planned and like that risk. I'm not too big into somebody. huge risk. I think we should take risks, but I'm not into the big risks. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. Like when we made a decision to like the budget of the house that we're building, like our dream house right now that we're building, I was like, okay, if things go south, like I could sell the cabin and I could pay off this house. Yep. Like it would be done. Yeah. With uh, the equity we built in the, in that up there or like I could sell this and be okay. Yeah. Like, even if I took a loss, like we would be okay. So when I, when I make my risk like that, it's like, there's a little risk, but it's like not lose everything risk. So it's, it's, that's how I think about it too. It's like, I'll take the risk, but there's always like, when I take the risk, 
there's a contingency of like, I'm willing to, I'll probably take, if, if I, worst case, I have to take a loss and lose all this. I can do that because I have a plan of how that will happen. Yeah. You know, like if I'm going to invest a hundred thousand into something. I'm willing to lose that hundred thousand. And I know that I'll be okay with other things, you know, yeah. or like you said, I can sell the cabin and we could pay this off. Yeah. We don't have to sell this, but I have a plan that if things went south, like we could make this work. Yeah. So I think it's cool. And it just shows like, again, hearing your story, you put thought into things before you make decisions. Yeah. And then when you make the decision, you're all in and, and you commit to it, which is awesome. Is there anything that along the journey that you want to share with the audience, anything that you've learned over the 12 plus years doing this and coaching um, that you think would be valuable? I think one of the biggest things is work harder on your mindset. Like I think people get um, like become a master of your emotions. Like there'll be times like I, I had the, the man cold again recently and like I was just not feeling good. I wasn't feeling motivated. Like you shouldn't wait to feel motivated, but I was like way not motivated. Like I just wanted to sleep. I wanted to sleep in. I didn't want to work. I didn't want to do my workout. So I'm feeling all these emotions and these things. And when I start feeling like that, I'm like, I start seeing little things in my business. Like, oh, this is not working in my business. It's not as good as it was at this year. This isn't as good. And it was literally things weren't bad, but my emotions were taking control and looking at things that were not right versus things that were going good. So I think one of the biggest things that anybody can do is learn to become a master of your emotions, like learn how to control your thoughts, control your emotions. A lot of that comes from doing personal development, doing meditation, like just taking time out of your day to just sit down, write down three things you're grateful for, you know, work on your mindset. And one of the biggest things, because I've seen people quit that, could be further than I am that had more talent, more skill, more ability, but hit some sort of roadblock or obstacle or challenging thing and then let their emotions take over Yeah. versus uh, a committed decision to follow through with the actions. Yep. So I think that would be one of the biggest things. And uh, that will, that could apply to a marriage too, because you've been in the, the place where you're like with your spouse, where you're like, think they're, they're the problem about everything yep. or you're like, why, why are they always like this to me or like that? And, and it's just really your emotions. And then yep. if you just change your, your mindset and your actions, serve, love, think about their needs before yours yep. and then, then it's going to be good. Yeah. It's just most of the time the problem is just in your mind. Yeah. I, I like, I love that you share that because yeah, we, you get, you get caught up in your emotions and you make rash decisions. A lot of people do. But it's like take a step back and, and actually is switch your mindset and like what what is the positive out of this? Because I do it in my own business too. Like if I have a hard day and my emotions get in front of me and I'm like, is this even worth it running a team? Like everything, like nothing seems to be going right, blah, blah, blah. But you sit back and you actually look at like all the little things that are going right. Mm-hmm. Like wait a second. It's all is, everything is okay. It's just you get emotional states. I think that's super powerful. And I think a lot of that comes from like you said, doing the self-development and like working out. When I work out in oh, the mornings, yeah. my I am better controlling of, of my, I have better control over my emotions. When I don't, like I went through a period where, you know, we had our daughter and work and life just, it's just hard to juggle. And I was just like, if something was going to give, it was going to be my time in the gym. Like I'll just sacrifice that and I'll get up with her and then I'll go to work and to squeeze everything in. But I learned that by doing that, I, I lost like my time for myself and it made me more emotional in my business. Like yeah. I probably, I felt like more stagnant 
and I just wasn't as driven. Like I would get up and I'd be like, why, why am I doing this? What is all this work for? Like, do I need to be doing this? You know? And then I, then I just like, I felt like just flat anyway. Now I'm back in the gym and I'm feeling good again, Feel better. But I think, you know, that's cool thing about your business is like your business is all about staying on top of your workouts and it probably helps, you know, in your day to day of controlling your emotions and business, yeah, business and life. And so I, I think that's, that's extremely awesome. So, um, is there any, anything that you would have done differently on your journey? I don't think so because every mistake, every setback, uh, is opportunity for me to like evaluate where I might've fell short or where I could get better. Yeah. Like there's a lot of things you think like, Oh, I wish that wouldn't have happened. But, um, I, I learned from them. Like I've had one time I took 50 people with my wife to the DR for a big, uh, retreat and yeah. celebration of a huge goal. Like we were in the top of the, the entire company. Wow. Uh, number four, not the top, top. But up there, yeah. um, And it turned out that one of them recruited like 17 of them to another business opportunity on the trip that I paid for. And I let that bother me for a while. But then um, what I took from it is like I used to take on anybody, like anybody that would come to me, I would be I would sign them up and work with them. And now I'm I'm just ever since that, I'm just really not not picky, but I like. I want to work with people that I trust and that are who, who are like me. Yeah. And so I, I learned a lot about that. And in businesses, it's so much easier. I wouldn't say simpler Yeah. when you um, attract the people that are like you. Obviously, you have different skills. Someone might be more organized than me or whatnot, but the same likes, the same values and, and whatnot. Yeah. And so. it, I think that's an important, like, in, everybody's going to go through mistakes in their business. Um, but realizing that and just saying, like, I learned from it. I'm not going to dwell on it. And I'm just going to kind of change how I do things in the future. And like, here's how I want to attract and how I want to grow my business yep. uh, and pivoting. I think that's super cool. Well, Scotty, I really appreciate you coming on, sharing it's your story. Uh, yeah. It's, I feel like I could talk to you for a long time about everything, <laughs> everything <laughs> that you've done, uh, but it's super inspiring, you know, watching your journey. Um, you guys, you guys have a Instagram page on your house being built, right? Yeah. And I, so I just stumbled upon that. What is that page called? Uh, Hobbs Dream Home. Hobbs Dream Home. So yeah. if anybody wants to kind of, are you okay with people tuning into your journey there? Yeah, they could follow that. Yeah. I, like I said, at the beginning, I was like, I don't want, like I'm hiding the court under the garage. I don't <laughs> want it to be seen. But then I was like, people are going to see it anyway when I'm there. Yeah. And, and I was like, the way that I've always run my business, like I'm going to meet people that want to perhaps collaborate. And yeah. whether it's some of those floors or cabinets or paint or yeah. And uh, we can make collaborations. Yeah. And, and I think it's good. You know, there's, there's a, I think it's about how you, how you showcase it, but, um, I don't think showcasing it's a bad thing. I think that you, you can really inspire people, you know, seeing your journey and seeing where you came from. Um, especially, you know, if they can tune in and hear like where things started, where it started, you know? where it started, yeah. you know, and so tune into that. Cause it's an awesome house, uh, in a great, great area. I'm excited to kind of see it when it's, when yeah. it's built. Um, but it, where can people follow you on social media? Uh, my Instagram is just uh, at Scotty Hobbs, S C O T T I E. Okay. And then Facebook, just search Scotty Hobbs as well. Okay. And then I do have my YouTube. It's like I just share my personal development. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm a person that believes in abundance. So yeah. uh, I, any training I do with my team on Zoom, on social media, on marketing, on leading, on helping people get results is all public on YouTube. I don't awesome. keep it all private. Okay. And I, I share that with everybody because I know that like 
one percent of people are actually going to take action on it. So be that one percent. If yeah. you uh, listen to this podcast to take Absolutely. action. What's that YouTube channel? Is it um, Scotty Hobbs? Man, I think it's Scotty Hobbs Leadership, but just search okay. Scotty Hobbs and you put body and that'll help you. Okay, it. cool. Uh, last thing that I want to ask, you have any big goals? What's what's next for you? Yeah, the next big goals. I mean, I'm only 42. I, I have to remind myself of that sometimes. Like typical retirement age is like 67. Yeah. I still got 20 plus years of working life. So uh, I just want to continue leading my team because, uh, you know, inside the body network, because I, I know that these programs change people's lives. Yeah. I know that the opportunity there, you know, can help help a family relieve stress, even an extra $500 a month, mm-hmm. get your supplements paid for at least, and an extra $500 can relieve stress in a family. So yeah. I'm super committed to that mission. Um, my mission with that is to help uh, parents spend more time with their kids and less time at a job Yeah, and, you know, to just feel more empowered. So I'm working on that. Uh, I, I do have a goal to pay off our dream house in five years. Wow. And and live debt free in in that house. That's awesome. And then have one more vacation rental started at least by that time. Heck yeah, I love it. Do you have an area picked out of where you want that one? Not yet. I'll uh, I'll uh, see what what's happened at that time and yeah, probably sure. ask advice of someone that knows, <laughs> that knows what's, going what's going on and where the best spot is. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank again. Thank you for sharing your story. Yeah. Um, and if you guys are looking to learn more about about the Body Network and about fitness reach out to Scotty. Yeah. He sounds like he's an open book, happy to help. And so uh, don't, don't be afraid to reach out to him message and get to know him a little bit more. So awesome. appreciate you, Scotty. Yeah, Thank you. Love you guys. Don't listen to people who lose or you'll do the same. Stop talking to people who don't give a f- what you're saying. Stop spending your money on weed, go hop on a plane. Stop pointing the finger and start taking some of the blame. Let me put you on game. Control your emotions. Most of the time it's really not worth it. Don't be ashamed and beat yourself up for not being perfect.